it wasn't quite the result that Orange County fans were hoping for this past weekend as the boys from County traveled up to Reno in a final match of the regular season. Unfortunately, Orange County was unable to come out victorious and they lost 3-1 to one to Reno. But luckily, they were still able to hold on to first place in the Western Conference. And now we're heading into the playoffs. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. As we are underway from the champion soccer stadium. First time into the box. It's a great ball. And it bolts in. Oh, it's a world-class goal from Orange County. Shallow, shallow. Are you ready, Orange County? This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samorin, and I'm with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. And joining me as he does each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how's it going? It's good. I find myself in unfamiliar territory unfamiliar territory tonight in your garage with you but i'm happy to be here <laughs> hanging out with uh, with me and we're actually able to look at each other and interact with each other in person uh for those of you listening we typically uh, record from separate locations uh so we're basically just sort of going off of what we're hearing and we actually don't get to do that whole uh you know look at each other and and it's kind of weird talk with our eyes i guess it's a little weird uh but we also have uh, the reason we're doing that is we actually have a, a fully loaded slate of guests joining us this week uh first guest i want to introduce we're welcoming him back welcoming welcoming him back to the orange and black soccer cast he joined us uh, a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago uh, he's from las vegas he covers las vegas lights fc he also covers a bunch of other soccer i think he covers houston dynamo uh, Newcastle United, and also he covers Orange County Soccer Club for the website, and that is Carson Merck. Carson, welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Yeah, I think it probably has been over a month, but you know, feel feels like yesterday. But we're getting to playoff time. I'm ready. It's always the it's it's probably for a soccer fan in the USL. It's the most wonderful time of the year coming up right here. Is is playoff, especially if your team's in the playoffs. Um, sorry for anyone whose team is not in the playoffs. I was going to say I cover two teams, Las Vegas Lights and RGV Toros, and neither of them are in the playoffs. But, you know, here we are. But your third team that you do some work for, Orange County, they're in the playoffs. So, Yeah, and the one seed. So I feel like that, you know, supersedes the other two not making it. There you go. Uh, and joining us, uh, the next guest I want to introduce, uh, he's joining us for the first time. You probably have heard him if you listen to some of the other podcasts from the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, he hosts a podcast, STL Soccer Report. He also is uh, on the USL Show, which is a great show if you just want some general USL news and just some fun banter back and forth between the guys. And that's Phil Grooms. Phil, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, 
I'm I didn't know Carson's been on already. I'm not surprised though that guy gets around. <laughs> I'm not sure I like the way that was worded. Oh, I do. <laughs> you have to know. I mean, for those of you unfamiliar with the USL show, it's it's there's always some fun banter back and forth. So you got to enjoy it. And thank you for coming on and joining us, Phil. It's uh, definitely appreciated. Um, oh, and by the way, we brought him on because we want to hear a little bit uh, about the St. Louis FC as we head into the match this weekend. So definitely. And our third guest we're bringing on, um, you know, you're going to probably question why we bring on this next guest, but we wanted to bring in sort of an outside voice, someone from outside of the Western Conference, someone that really doesn't have any ties to to the teams that are playing uh, in the first round of the playoffs that we are going to be finding out here. Uh, so we reached out to, uh, is it Scotty? Scotty Smith from 901 Soccer Pod. They cover uh, Memphis soccer. Uh, by the way, Memphis is getting a new team, team soon. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Scotty. Gentlemen, I uh, am glad to make your acquaintance. Thank you for having me. No, not a problem. And, and definitely, uh, we, we're going to appreciate hearing some of an outsider voice when it comes to what's going on in USL, and you can provide that for us. Definitely, uh, especially you have a new team coming in next season, so that's definitely probably exciting for you guys. It's been great for us to get to kind of know the league. We didn't have any prior knowledge of USL. We've been in MPSL now for uh, the last three seasons. We're moving up to USL, and so we've really tried to spend this year getting to know the league. Awesome. awesome. Well, welcome to the uh, to the podcast. Glad to have you. Glad to have all of you guys. Uh, and Dylan, welcome as always. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to get into, uh, briefly, uh, we want to talk a little bit about the match that happened this past weekend for Orange County. As Orange County traveled up to Reno, uh, they sort of were in a position where they didn't quite need a win or even a draw um, unless they felt Phoenix could just demolish uh, their opponent, which I believe was Portland over the weekend. Uh, but Orange County still seemed a little bit iffy in that match uh, and had some trouble out there uh, while they were uh, on the pitch. Um, I, I, they got a sort of a sloppy start, sloppy throughout the match. Uh, they went down early 2-0, and even though they got a goal back early in the second half, it still just didn't seem like it was the typical, normal Orange County soccer club out there. Um, I'm going to uh, speak with really quick with you, Carson, just to sort of get your thoughts on how that match went uh, over the weekend against Reno. What, what did you see out there from Orange County? Yeah, like you mentioned, they were in, we'll say, an awkward situation of not desperately needing a win, but a win wouldn't be the worst thing. So they didn't rest everyone, and they didn't play you know, a complete A lineup. I think there was some rotation there, but... Um, no, it wasn't a great match, but you're the one seed. What, what are you going to do, I guess? Well, yeah, you went into that match with, uh, like like I said, I think uh, they held a six-goal differential over Phoenix, which was going to end up being the tiebreaker. If Orange County lost and Phoenix won, it was going to come down to that goal differential. And with six goals, it's almost an impossible thing. I I, I know uh, Dylan, we talked a few weeks back, you know, we've seen some some comebacks or some goal differential shifts in the last week of a season, but six goals seemed a little bit comfortable ahead of the match. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, it it is enough of a gap, I think, where if you're in the squad going in the last week, you know, you don't have to do too much of a job. Um, it's really going to be the results going the other way, barring a a, a proper failure and, and just a um, just abandonment of any sort of defense. But at the same time, I was almost a little bit worried after the end of the Orange County match, and so I actually had to tune into the uh, to the Phoenix uh, Timbers two match. Um, yeah, the, the the match was just a it was a weird match. Um, I like I said, Phoenix. Or, sorry, Phoenix. Uh, 
Orange County just seemed out of it for most of that match. Uh, there was a couple opportunities in that second half early on where Orange County had like two or three good opportunities on goal. There was uh, one that I can think of, Alex Cronelli, a header off the corner where he was the only one up in the air that got his head on the ball and just got it over the crossbar. Another one where Michael Seaton whiffed on a on a ball, difficult ball to, to get in the goal, uh, but still uh, something that we've come to expect out of him is some quality on those types of opportunities. Uh, let's head over to Phil. Phil, uh, I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to watch any of the Orange County uh, Reno match, uh, what your thoughts might be on that. Uh, did you notice anything maybe coming in as a St. Louis person that you're you know looking or hoping your team will exploit uh, come this weekend? No, I actually didn't catch that game, which I'm sorry to say I, I didn't catch it. But um, it is curious. You said against Portland you guys struggled and, and had a weird game. Is that what you were saying? Or was that against Reno? No, against, against Reno. Reno, yes. Oh, my mistake, my mistake. No, um, yeah, I don't I don't actually know. I, I, I do wonder if you guys do struggle against certain kinds of teams in that way. Reno's nothing like St. Louis. Um, so I didn't know if there's any kind of theme where OC struggles against certain kinds of teams no definitely and, and i apologize because dylan was showing me a, a funny text right now uh, and we'll get into it a little bit because it's something that uh, that may be seen um the I, I think reno was one of those teams that just sort of they're they're just on a on a roll i think that's the team that i'm the most scared of scared of heading into the playoffs just the way they've been playing uh, i think even on the broadcast on espn plus they mentioned the the broadcasters were mentioning that reno's just on a nice run um, and they got on it at the perfect time. Um, I don't know, Dylan, uh, is that a, a statement you would fair, agree with? Or? Yeah, I think it's a fair assessment. Their last um, their last five prior to the match against Orange County was uh, two draws and three wins. Um, and against against pretty decent teams, um, beat Timbers 2, drew a nil-nil against Phoenix, um, beat Tulsa, beat RGV, and uh, drew against Vegas. And from what I remember, the, the Vegas-Reno match was very very chippy um especially towards the end um obviously orange county had the five wins going into but we've seen orange county have multiple game win streaks five seven now a few times and then they they go and have a underwhelming performance and drop it but even in the past head-to-head reno's kind of had orange county's number with the exception of the opening game from last season and the last three matches i would say really went reno's way um even though one of them was a draw uh, it was a draw at home for Orange County, a draw away for Reno, and they played very, very well. Well, it doesn't hurt that Reno has a few uh, or a couple players that played with Orange County last season, so you know they probably want to uh, let Orange County know, you know, that they're still around. Uh, Scotty, out there, you know, in Memphis, I don't know how how much of Orange County or the Western Conference you get to see out there. I don't know if you got to catch any of the match or any of the highlights from the match. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, on Orange County. Well, every 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 week on the 901 Soccer Pod, we do something called the USL Quick Strike, where we go through uh, the entire league and we kind of um, I don't know, it's just like a five-minute summary, ten-minute summary of what's going on in in the league. And uh, of course, we've been looking at this OCSE hot streak uh, that you guys have been on, and uh, it, so it was very surprising when uh, the Reno match came up. But it was uh, kind of one of those things when you're on the road and it's almost like a perfect storm where a, a like an El Paso team who has kind of really more to play for as far as seating goes, um, kind of got just in a, in a groove there. And it seemed like they were much more into the match uh, from the start. So it, it was surprising if you're looking at it from the standpoint of uh, 
previewing that game. But it wasn't surprising. Once it got into the match, it was kind of like, man, this really is not going well from Orange County. Now, you guys have had some great, uh, exciting wins at the end of a match, and that just didn't happen in this match. I would, I would almost take that like an anomaly and not really consider that that big of a deal going into the playoffs. I, I, I can understand that. I mean, it's just, it gets, I, I think we've talked about it a few times here on our podcast. And when I say a few, I probably mean quite a bit is uh, Orange County sometimes either plays down to opponents or they look past opponents. And maybe it just had to do with the whole, pretty much they had it in the bag. They had first place pretty much locked up unless a crazy uh, turn of events there. Uh, and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Orange County still ended up on in first place, even though they lost. Um, and we could sort of thank Las Vegas Lights. Then, you know, Carson follows and covers Las Vegas Lights. So, uh, you know, thank you, Carson, for what your team was able to do to help Orange County. Uh, you guys got to play a little bit, a little bit of a spoiler there for Phoenix, uh, thanks to an amazing victory. We were sort of recording last week while that match was going on, and we tried to stay on till the very end of the match. I think we ended probably with like five minutes left in that match or something like that. We ended our recording. Um, we come to find out that Las Vegas beat uh, beat Phoenix pretty handedly. Uh, what, what was uh, were you at that match, Carson? And if you were or were not, uh, what was the experience like? I was. It it was an interesting decision. For me, for Phoenix to sit as many people as they did, being that it was close in the standings with them in Orange County, I thought it was odd to just kind of chalk that match up and you know go into the weekend and hope for the best. But um, no, it was it was crazy. You, did anyone expect a team outside of the playoffs to win you know five to two? I didn't. So um, it was it was definitely interesting, but exciting for the final match of the season and. And there were some crazy goals. Sammy Ocho had a bicycle goal, and uh, the fans all went on the pitch afterwards and got to talk to the players and, and the whole nine. So that was cool. But I, I thought it was interesting by Phoenix to rest on their laurels a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, strange to see that we're not the or Orange County's not the only team that seems to just kind of switch off when playing a, a team that they've they've written off or a team that's out of the playoffs. Um, so when I saw the, the lineup um, towards the end of that match after we had finished recording, I was thinking... What exactly was their idea here? Um, and, and that might be because a few weeks prior, I'd gone out to, to Vegas, and it wasn't exactly the easiest match for Orange County, despite what the scoreline suggests. Um, but Vegas is not a fun team to play in Vegas. Yeah, it, it wasn't a fun place to... It wasn't a fun game to be at, either, as a non-Vegas fan. That's fair. <laughs> well, um, let's do this before we sort of move on with this. Let's go ahead and... Uh, do a quick, I guess, uh, and feel free, gentlemen, if, if you guys want to participate, you can participate. If not, uh, uh, feel free to just sort of hang out a little bit. Um, but we need to pick sort of, I guess, our MVP for the Orange County Reno match. Uh, I don't know if there's any Orange County players that can really be picked on that end. And uh, I, I hate to say this, I'm not an expert on Reno players or names, unless we're talking about some of the OC players from last year. So... Uh, Dylan, do you have any thoughts? Is there anyone you can call out as saying as a standout performance for Orange County in that match? I, if anyone, I guess it has to be Enavoldson. I mean, he was the only goal scorer, and he was um, the main attacking threat. Though I have to say Darwin had a lot of good runs um, before he got subbed out, so maybe a little shout-out to him. But realistically, I think it would have to go to a Reno player, and I think it would have to go to Obenal. So the um, Enavoldson 
goal was beautiful, by the way. Um, I, I thought it was amazing. Uh, it was it was strange that Darwin Jones got pulled out so early or got subbed out so early in the match. Maybe it's just a thought. Let's look forward to the playoffs. Let's rest him for that. Um, although Gio Godoy early on in the season was a pretty um, strong off the bench uh, goal scorer, he has he sort of tailed off a little bit here towards the end of the season, but uh, still a good uh, choice there. I don't know if any of our guests, uh, if if any of you, I don't know. Uh, uh, Carson, if you have any thoughts on on that, if you got a chance to to watch the match or even just some of the highlights, do you have a thought on uh, maybe a uh, a performer of the week for Orange County? I think for Orange County, I would agree exactly with what Dylan said. There's there wasn't somebody that you know really starred, so I think Anna Volson with being, being that he was the only one that scored, and I would also agree probably overall it'd be Hope and no. And what about you, Phil, uh, as sort of a, an outsider um, and sort of looking forward to potentially playing us in the next match? Uh, did you get a ch- uh, I don't remember if you got a chance to really watch it. Um, and, and if you even could to just watch maybe some of the highlights, what are your thoughts uh, as far as maybe a, a player of the match? Yeah, again, I didn't catch the uh, the match itself. But, um, you know, Aiden Quinn's had such a good year. And, and I also just kind of... Uh, go back to just OC is one of those teams where it's hard to pick one MVP because I feel like even even a lot of the goals in a Voltsen scoring is kind of through that system. You know, like when you you're talking about the news, you're going to announce at some point today. It's you know, I, I'm excited that this is going to continue for a, a little while because I think the system itself is is quite amazing there in OC. And we'll definitely get to that in just a moment. For those of you that are listening and already know to the news, uh, shh. Uh, for those of you that don't know yet. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. I'm just, you know, it's just playing around with. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, uh, Scotty, if you got to watch the highlights uh, or anything on that. Um, do, you, uh, do you have any thoughts on a player for Orange County that stood out for you or that has stood out for you through the season? Yeah, I think you guys absolutely nailed it. Uh, what Through the season. Uh, there's no question it's uh, it's Aiden Quinn. We'll talk a little bit later about his late game theatrics and what that might mean for uh, Orange County in the playoffs. But, yeah, I think he's he's been the best player for you guys so far. I, I think Dylan and I are looking at each other as you're saying that, and we're sort of giving a, a thumbs up or an A-OK on that because uh, I, I definitely would agree when we're looking at this season in whole. Uh, and potentially I think a lot of the fans may agree on that because – uh, if, in case any of you gentlemen don't know, we recently uh, sent out a uh, a poll for our listeners to vote for the Orange and Black Soccer Cast Awards, the first ever ones. And we, uh, you know, that was one of our categories was uh, not just uh, goal of the year, assist of the year, midfielder of the year, fan favorite player of the year, MVP. And I can tell you Aiden Quinn was all over all of those, uh, not just as, uh, you know, nominee, but he was getting votes all over the place on those. So I think the fans will agree that he's been definitely a in, integral. Is that a right word? Integral. Something like that. I, if you guys don't know either, I always mess up words on, on sayings, here. So, yeah, phrases, sayings, everything. phrases, anything like that. So he's been a big part of the team. So, yeah, I mean, the stats back that up, he's on 14 assists. <laughs> I think he's on 10 goals. Um, I need to double check. A bunch of good stuff. I, I think he with Aiden Quinn, I think he's number one in passes, chances created, and number two in assists and crosses. Not a not a not a bad stat line there for your your midfielder on a first place team in the Western Conference, a team and, that's hoping- and add in the ten goals. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's that's an amazing part is the double double. Um, it's a very rare feat, I think, in the USL is getting a good double double. I know uh, 
was it who was it that got Ledesma? I believe got like fifteen goals and yeah, fifteen and fifteen. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. Um, but uh, hopefully, you know, these guys are gonna put out a strong performance in these playoffs. And I mean, I think many of you may um, hope that if it comes down to Cincinnati and Orange County in the finals, that Orange County comes out victorious. I think Cincinnati's like the hated team in the USL. So um, I know, uh, Scotty, what are your thoughts? Well, let, let's, I was just wanted to say something else on Aiden Quinn right quick. If, if the coach gets a vote in this, think about the, uh, the home win against Seattle Reserves. And by the way, I call all MLS reserve teams reserve teams. Um, it's a, it's a penalty in the 94th minute, right? And so what do you do as a coach? You go with a guy that you know that's not going to be shaken by that situation. The pressure's not going to be too big. He puts Aiden Quinn at the spot. He converts. You guys win a very key game in October um, when you have the lead in the Western Conference. And so um, you know, I, I think coach would vote for Aiden Quinn in this spot. And so uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt he's the – MVP in the locker room and in the stands as well. We'll see here a little bit about what some of our experts have to say about it. Uh, fans, if you want to hear how the voting went on our awards, uh, you know, keep listening to our podcast. We will release results probably on, on a two or three episode uh, span after the playoffs end. So make sure you hang out with us even after the playoffs end. We'll still have a lot of Orange County Soccer Club stuff to talk with you guys. Um, to see how uh, you know the voting went for all those wonderful categories. Uh, so let's move ahead now. We got some playoffs going on, and, and I know Orange County isn't the only team in the playoffs. Uh, one of the reasons we brought Phil on board is because he covers uh, soccer out in St. Louis, so he's definitely going to be a good expert of what St. Louis uh, or what's going on with St. Louis FC. As we head on to a big matchup this weekend, Orange County will be hosting St. Louis FC uh, probably – I, I don't know, Dylan, your thoughts as far as is that the matchup we wanted or was there a better matchup you could think of? I think the better matchup was going to be um, San Antonio. Uh, we've had their number all season, but uh, unfortunately for them, Los Dos didn't show up and Swope Park definitely did um, Sunday. So, Agreed. Man, Los Dos. Ouch. Yeah, I was uh, I wasn't sure what to expect, and I thought, okay, maybe they'll try and play playoff spoilers. But it looks like they really just rolled over and um, maybe showed up for a part of the game. It was terrible. <laughs> I think they tried something new and it failed miserably, and they waited too long to adjust. That's kind of what I got out of it. I didn't watch the match. I mean, in complete honesty, I didn't really care. Um, I wasn't going to directly necessarily affect Orange County's final position. So I was like, you know, this is enough soccer and enough frustration for this weekend. I think I'm going to yeah. check out and, and do some homework and try and enjoy my Sunday. I had a lot more invested in that game for sure. So definitely understandable. <laughs> well, what about for you, Phil, as far as a St. Louis uh, follower, probably, you know, supporter, what whatnot, uh, is there... Is Orange County the matchup? Yeah, I mean, knowing that you're coming in as a low seed, is Orange County the matchup that uh, you guys may have been hoping for, or was there another team that you're looking at saying, "I wish we were playing that team instead"? It kind of two things came into that. We were very, really, the team we didn't want was Phoenix, and not because they're definitely the best team in the West. I don't know if that's true. I guess we'll find out. But they've just done really well against St. Louis. They've destroyed us every time we've seen them. So we were happy to avoid them. And depending on what Swope Park did in that game we just talked about, um, if they had lost, we would have gotten Sacramento. 
and I think we would have liked that. We've done well against Sacramento, but we've also been able to draw OC, draw, draw your team twice this season. So that kind of bodes well for us in our opinion too. So I think we were happy as long as we didn't get Phoenix with, with all of our options there. Now, I would definitely say uh, St. Louis definitely wasn't at the top of my list of the teams at the bottom of the table, or at least at the bottom of the playoff race. Uh, that I was hoping that Orange County would be facing. I was uh, probably would agree with Dylan. Maybe San Antonio is the option I'm looking at as, as who I'd like. We've had some good uh, good luck against them. Swope was another one I was probably okay with just because um, although the second match against them was a little bit closer than the first, it was still a pretty uh, pretty easy time for Orange County against them. Yeah, I mean, we were playing our backup keeper, um, and we looked pretty solid in defense that match. We, we really nullified Blackwood and honestly, I can't name another, uh, Soap Park player, um, other than, <laughs> than Tyler Blackwood, but there wasn't much for them to do that match. Um, their attacks were shut down. So they were definitely my second pick over, uh, really over anyone else. So let me do this. Uh, Phil, uh, you're again, you're the expert over with St. Louis FC. Um, give our fans sort of an idea of what, uh, cause we haven't seen St. Louis in, in a while now. Um, has anything changed since when uh, since Orange County last faced St. Louis? And uh, if so, what is the change? And and what should we be looking for? Just as maybe as fans, maybe give me like two or three things uh, that Orange County fans can expect from St. Louis uh, in the match this weekend. Yeah, you know this this matchup kind of is similar to the first versus eight seed in the East, and in, in that you have a really prolific offensive team versus a team that really relies on defense for wins, right? So, St. Louis they've figured out how to defend and not make stupid mistakes at the end of the se- at the end of the ninety minutes. There, um, that's kind of been the problem early in the season, and since then it's it's gotten fixed. So, very good at defense, um, and when we have Wall Fall in we've really figured out how to score at least one goal sometimes two every single game um the big change the big change between last time we saw you is that wallfall has been injured the last several games and um it looks like now kyle Gregg might be injured um he didn't play the last game so those are our two best attackers i think in my opinion we have other dangerous guys in different ways but those seem to be the two guys that'll that'll be the most dangerous on a regular basis so that's in your favor if they don't play. Um, you know, there's the possibility that they've been rested and, and they might try to push through the first playoff game in St. Louis FC history. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I'd say those are the things to look for is we're going to try to grind out a win against a really good team, defend well, and, and sometimes they can pull off a goal and defend out. And so I think that's what we'll see if we don't have our, our, our good attackers there. And so, what what is the uh, what are the the fans thinking? Uh, like you said, it's the first uh, USL playoff match for St. Louis. Uh, how are the fans uh, taking that? Uh, that I guess uh, is it something that's uh, been exciting for the fans? Uh, dude, everybody's out of their freaking minds. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know we we clinched our our first playoff game um, in the last game of the season against OKC. And I mean that they rushed the field. There was fireworks. There was people just hanging out, everyone hugging each other. I hugged every single player on the team. People are freaking out just from like making the playoffs for the first time. And I think a lot of other fans are like, guys, you just, you made the playoffs. Like eight teams in each conference make the playoffs. What's the big deal? Well, to St. Louis, it's a huge deal. And we really celebrated hard. And this means a lot to our fans that we're in this position. So um, that's, I would say very excited. Very, very excited. 
Well, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's disappointing, I guess, when I'm thinking of it because it's still Orange County Soccer Club is still something that Orange County hasn't quite embraced. Uh, we have our hardcore fans out there. There's a good, you know, two, three, maybe 4,000 fans that'll show up to match. I'm hoping uh, we can get closer to a sellout for the stadium for this match this weekend. Uh, I, we've talked about in the past is Orange County is going up against a lot of big boys. I know in St. Louis, you, st- you got some good major league uh, or professional uh, sports out there. You got the Cardinals. Um, you got the blues, the blues. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. You used to have football out there, but, uh, I don't want to maybe get into that. Cause I don't know how you guys are filling out that in St. Louis, but, uh, uh, you know, here in orange County, we're facing, we're, we're competing against man, what, 10, 10 to 12 sports programs, whether it's pro or even college. Uh, I, I think <laughs> when, you know, UCLA, USC, uh, maybe even, you know, schools like, I don't know what are the I, those I, are the two big ones for for college football. You've got the Dodgers, everyone out, the out, Angels. Yeah. You've got Kings, Clippers, Lakers, Ducks, Ducks, Galaxy, LAFC. Yeah, wow. I mean, oh my God, There's more than I thought of <laughs> the beach, Disneyland. So <laughs> good it, weather year yeah. round. That's hard to compete with. It was funny because I was I was on Twitter um, over the last couple weeks here and. Uh, you know, our one of the local sports radio stations, they were actually doing a fan, you know, viewing, listening party or whatever you call out at a restaurant in Irvine, which is the city where Orange County plays. And I was tweeting at them, hey, you know, you're going to be in Irvine. Talk about the only playoff team in Irvine and in Orange County, which is Orange County SC, and I doubt they did. Uh, it's definitely not something that's uh, well known around. I mean, unless you're a hardcore soccer person, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know. uh Carson, your thoughts on that? I, I don't know if you guys have, you know, you're in Vegas, you don't have many professional sports out there as well. So you might have uh, an easier time out there. Uh, do you ever experience anything with uh, any, uh, you know, excitement from fans? Uh, for I know Las Vegas Lights had a great season. So um. I, I would say rather than sports teams, we just have distractions in general. Obviously, there's 10 million casinos, shows. You know, hookers, cocaine, the whole nine. But the uh, um, the season started out. the The fan, I don't want to say there was ten thousand at the first preseason match, and then uh, towards the end of the season, you were in the three to five thousand range, and that's reported. I would say it's probably a little less, but um, it's just a struggle for a lower level team, which is not low level. I hate saying that, but people know MLS, so it's one of those where. Uh, they would recognize that as a brand and probably recognize their opponent. You know, when Orange County came to town, obviously I know, obviously soccer fans and USL fans know, but to a random person that sees, oh, you know, we have Orange County SC coming, they're like, I don't know who that is. I don't care. I'm not driving downtown. So that was definitely a battle at times, but um, kind of the struggle. You, you embrace it and keep, keep pushing. Yeah, and I think you lose a lot of fun when um, your technical director – gets that weird promotion thing and then he stops uh, smoking in the stands and getting into fights or whatever it is with uh, fans. Yeah. And we'll we'll go into that with, with the new hire, but yeah, the thing with um, Chalice, it was, as I mentioned in my article today was it was cool and it was funny at the beginning fans like, Oh my gosh, he's so crazy. He's eccentric the whole nine. We love it. And then, as like you said, the results aren't there, and then 
like the first suspension, they were like, man, forget the USL. I can't believe they suspended him. And then the second suspension, they're like, yeah, this dude doesn't take it serious. Forget him. So, um, yeah, the soccer fans here, I think, are smarter than maybe the club expected. So they thought, hey, we can put on the show. Everyone will love it. And then as you see the attendance numbers drop with the results dropping, it was, um, you know, that's how sports go. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of Linalda's um, arguments and altercations with fans probably just being on Twitter more than anything. Uh, probably nothing in person moving forward. So yeah, that, I, I, you're, you're moving yeah, closer Twitter. to just not having those issues. <laughs> yeah, I think the farther we get from real life altercations, the better. So maybe we go, you know, actually in person with Chalice, Twitter with Linalda, and then, you know, whenever he leaves next year, the year after, uh, maybe it'll just be, you know, sending letters back and forth with somebody you disagree with. Yeah, you know, and you have the fights. You've got McGregor and the other guy, Nurma Gomadov. I don't know. I don't really follow UFC, but you've got fights. So, Well, I'm sure there's fights like every night on the strip, yeah, too. Yeah, and drunk people. So <laughs> you've got that covered. Uh, let me uh, do this, Scotty. Uh, I, I don't know if you had a thought on some of that that we were talking about there. Uh, what do you got? Well, in Memphis, we also have hookers and cocaine um, and and fights and drunk people. Um so we've, you know, we've got all of that. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun to join the party on, on all of this because um, I don't know if you guys have noticed this in your own markets, but there is a vast difference between professional and amateur. So uh, for the last three years, we've been uh, high-level amateur, NPSL, and now uh, the USL club has purchased the NPSL team. And when, the, uh, when that happened, uh, we did a little... Um, Oh, I don't know, uh, an exhibition, I guess. We had Tim Howard and the Colorado Rapids come in. They played against the Tulsa Roughnecks, and we sold out our baseball stadium. Yes, I know we play in a baseball stadium like a third of the USL does. Um, Nothing we can really do about that, but we sold that out with 9,000 people. So there is a marked difference between playing in the suburbs with with an amateur team where we were struggling to get four or 500 people uh, we won't have anywhere close to those numbers during uh, the regular USL season, but if we could be in line with other teams that play in a baseball season, I mean in a baseball stadium, uh, I think that's probably where we want to be. My goal for Memphis is basically to just not embarrass ourselves in the uh, attendance uh, column. So uh, if we could do that and not embarrass ourselves on the field. So year one, the goal is let's not get embarrassed. So I, I have to do goal. this. Um, uh, really quick, I'm going to go to you, Phil, because I don't want you to feel left out. Uh, St. Louis, do you guys have hookers and cocaine as well? Listen, you go to the north side of St. Louis, you're going to find a whole lot more than that. So, uh, yeah. It's yeah, like a Swope Park thing where you're finding needles in your field, so you have to have someone go <laughs> and like pick up all the crap on the field before the match starts. Yeah, no. Well, we're, uh, where our field is is very far from all of that, but, um, you know, St. Louis has its struggles, too. Every major city really does, right? <laughs> well, that's that, I guess that's the beauty of Orange County, because we're just basically suburbs. Oh, we just sleep under the rug. It's just <laughs> like kids ODing yeah, on their parents' like, anxiety pills at high school parties. <laughs> that's like our go-to. I just had to ask it, because it seemed like everyone was proud to say we have hookers and cocaine here. Um, and by the way, you know, I always try and get a quote from our shows. I, I'm just thinking that might have to be the name, the title of this episode. I don't know how that will play off on on iTunes or, or whatnot. It just it just seems like a great, awesome idea. I might change it as we get through and second think that because uh, that might not be the best title, but 
it's it's one of the options, I guess. Yeah, maybe when you sober up from your uh, one and three quarters beers, it looks like you've had so far. You'll Murphy's Irish Stout. Find something else to come up with. That's not. This is the week the, the OC way, tries so, to uh, seem hard. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking. Hey awesome. man, that that TV show. There were some crazy things going on. That's the true. The hills. <laughs> the OC man. The OC. Shout to Ryan Atwood. <laughs> I never watched an episode of that. I don't know if Dylan has. This is where you live. Uh, I watched a couple because I have an older sister. They were in Newport Beach. This is. Uh, close. I'm in Aliso Viejo. The, the question <laughs> is: Have you seen Orange County, starring Jack Black? Oh, that's an awesome movie. That, that is, is an amazing movie. That's and, and an Tom incredible movie. Dylan's looking at me like, "What the hell movie is that?" It, Dylan, <laughs> I don't know. It, it came out like in the early 2000s, so it was probably a little early for you, or maybe the mid 2000s. I don't know. Great movie though, Scotty. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Some of his best um, work. Let's get back a little bit more into St. Louis, Orange County here really quick, and then we'll talk about some of the uh, other playoff thoughts uh, really quick. Um, let's just do this. Uh, let's sort of uh, give Dylan a chance. Is, is there anything you're thinking of going into this match? Is there anything that scares you of St. Louis? Um, or is there anything you want to see out of Orange County uh, heading into this match? Um, I'm a little scared just based on prior results. I mean, I think there's a quality difference. No disrespect to the St. Louis side, but... I am a little mildly horrified about what might happen. Um, at the same time, I think Orange County realizes it's the playoffs now. It's uh, one loss and you're out, you know, one and done. So I'm hoping they do show up and they're there and, and focused and hopefully, based on the last few weeks, that we're a little bit more defensively sound. Because <laughs> I've been calling for a clean sheet for like a month. It has and happened. we haven't gotten close. Well, And if you look at the names on the, on the roster for Orange County, I mean... I, I this might just be me as as a hometown fan, but I look at the names on the roster on defense. I, I feel like Orange County should have a more solid defense uh, than what we've seen at least over the last few weeks. Beginning of the season, we had a decent de- defense showing. Uh, I mean, Andre Rolls was you know at the top of the the stats for goalkeepers. Uh, I mean, when you look at the names, you have like two Lonies, you know, in Alex Cornelli and um, Andre Rolls. You have former MLS players. I think Kevin Austin was an all-star in the MLS at one point. You have Josh Hoyveld, who played in the Premier League, uh, probably the best league you can find in you know soccer around the whole world. Uh, and yet there's just some shakiness back there in the defense. And I don't know if it's just you have you're trying to throw all these pieces together in one season, um, and you know it's just that matter of trying to build the chemistry and it's just not working or. Or what it is, but I, I feel like I know uh, Phil. You mentioned one of your strong points out there in St. Louis is the defense. I feel like Orange County should have a better defense than what we've been showing, and hopefully, maybe they've just been waiting for the playoffs to to do it. I, I, yeah, I, I remember the beginning of the season. That was like one of your best traits was your defense. I agree with you on that, and um, I do think that some point, like towards the twentieth week, maybe even like the the seventeenth. A lot of teams started to kind of figure out their attack, you know, and, and I think that's like league wide. I think everyone started scoring more goals at that point. I even remember in the first 10 games, there wasn't like a ton of crazy scoring. Rarely did anyone score more than three goals. And then all of a sudden the floodgates kind of opened when everyone started figuring out attacking. So I don't know if that's something you guys should be disappointed with, but it was at first something you guys could brag about for sure. When did we, uh, Dylan, I don't know if you remember, when did jo- uh, Yosh Hoyville join the club? Uh, it's whenever we played Los Dos the first time. Uh, you know, so, that would have been in June, probably. So that's a little bit earlier than that. June 10th <laughs> is my guess. Because, um, I, I uh, you know, for those of you that listen and for our guests here, you know, that sort of would coincide. Yosh Hoyvel joins the team 
and Walker Hume gets sort of put to the bench for two, one or two months, and uh, maybe our defense started just going to crap at that point. I don't know. I'm, nothing against Yo Schoeveld; he's a great player, but um, it, there's there's something about chemistry. You got you got. Uh, it seems like uh, Orange County's been rotating their defense quite a bit all season. And I wonder if that sort of played into it where you're not getting any consistency as a starter on defense. Oh, and by the way, Alex Cronally on one of those stupid, you know, open loans where a player can get called and recalled and sent back down and all this stuff throughout the season. So that ruins chemistry as well. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys, uh, well, I know Scotty, you guys haven't uh, joined the MLS yet or MLS, USL yet. Wow. I'm already, I'm already, uh, uh, politicking for slurring your words i'm already politicking for uh memphis to join the mls save the 901 it's not likely though right i mean (laughs) we kind of have to wait in a very long line Uh, but what is everyone's thoughts on these these open contracts uh or not open contracts open loans between uh the mls and usl does it really help um, the player, the teams, or is it something that just sort of impacts everything? Because, uh, I, again, I look at Alex Cronalli. He had one of those, and he's been back and forth probably more than you know four, more than five times this season, I would think. Uh, and more recently he had some, and I think that might correspond when he started having a little bit more poor performances out there for uh, Orange County. I'll go if it's okay. Go, go for, for it. it. I hate it. Uh, this is uh, one of those rules that is unique to American soccer. Um, you know, you, you don't see this in European leagues, English uh, leagues. If a, if a player is, um, if a Premier League team wants to decide at the first of the season that a guy is not going to factor into their plans very much over the course of the season, uh, he's going to go down to the championship or League One or to a, what they would consider a lesser Premier League team immediately from the start of the season. And he's going to stay there all the way through the season. So this yo-yo factor that you got here where people just get called here and get, you know, go back, up, back, it just reeks of uh, the the baseball system in the United States where you can call a player up and send a player back, call a player up and send a player back. What it does is it, and you might be able to tell that I'm not real big into MLS rules, it's just to serve, uh, it, this happens all over the league, by the way, it really looks like the USL is just there to serve the needs of MLS, and that's not a good look. I find myself agreeing with you in most ways, especially uh, just really everything. The the crazy rules and it being that way only in the United States, um, but in in the long run, I do think it is better for the league because man, OC has some really good players that that do that for them. I think what the Open Cup came, and I think you guys lost a few players so they could go play the Open Cup with the MLS sides, and then I think they sent them back. And I wouldn't want to go without someone like Mark Segbers and and um, what, what's the defender you just mentioned? You know, Alex they're, they're useful to your team. But you would have them for the whole season under the rules that are put in place by all the other leagues in the world. It's, For sure. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, it's. I would almost play, I guess, devil's advocate here and, and say that it's different. So, like, hypothetical, we'll, we'll go to Newcastle since I cover them. If they loan John Joe Shelby to a championship team, he's there for the season. Where I think the closer parallel is, is Newcastle United and Newcastle United's U23, the reserves team, because those do go back and forth. You can go back and forth. You could play 
Tuesday with the U23s and then play Saturday with the main team. So that, I think, is more accurate to an MLS to, MLS to an MLS2 side in the USL. So um, I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, Josh Sargent's another example, playing for Werder Bremen and playing for Werder Bremen too. So those do go back and forth. Well, but when you with those examples you're giving, you're, you're sort of sharing between basically your pro and your your B team or whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, you're 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 sort of running the same offensive schemes. They those teams typically tend to practice with each other, uh, and then just you know split up for the games. So you have that opportunity to still build the chemistry, still to learn the offense that your coach is, is going to be playing in the game. Whereas in this instance, where you have like Mark Segbers with the New England Revolution playing out here in Orange County for a lot of the season, but getting called back multiple times throughout the season, losing that experience to play with his teammates and practice with the teammates, we're not playing the same system as New England. Uh, we're not playing the s- same system as Columbus, where Alex Cronalli was going. Uh, so it, it really impacts, I think, the, the I guess, the form of the player, the team form, the chemistry and all that. I mean, it, it's such a major impact. I'll, I'll side with Scotty uh, and I, I think uh, with Phil on this is that it's it's definitely not a good thing for USL. Maybe MLS loves it, but I think USL, it impacts the uh, quality for, for everything out there. Oh, what do you think, yeah, Phil? It, I was going to say it definitely before I left stupid Phil talk. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I think it definitely, like you said, interrupts the continuity of that USL team. And uh, exactly what you said, when it's a outside team, so like you said, with Columbus or with New England, that's where you're going to see that, you know, mix up in the different systems. But if it's Portland Timbers to Portland Timbers too, obviously they are running the same system for the most part. But um, I guess, you know, the only benefit is, I've seen U.S. I was at a match two years ago when the Toros were playing at Swope Park. Sporting KC was out for however, you know, a week for the Open Cup and had like six of their first team players playing. So I think if anything for the USL team, you're like, yeah, it's kind of cool when they send down good players to us. But uh, I definitely continuity wise and then just um, just the general like, hey, you don't usually practice with us. You don't usually play with us. Welcome down for a match. It's kind of odd, but um I think as long as it's in the system, it's usually smooth, but definitely understand. And even geographically, you know, you're flying all the way across the country, flying all the way back. Yeah, I love that you brought in a couple more of those rules that are like really dumb. There's a lot of there are a ton of rules out there that that the USL has to pay the price for MLS's weird rules. And and in some ways, it's helped both groups kind of excel in in a lot of ways. And we can't deny that. But I think with with this League One starting this third tier of soccer starting within the USL, um, I think hopefully at some point they're going to start looking at some of those weird things that happen. Um, and start saying, okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. Go drop down to League One, do whatever you want down there. We'll we'll have the rules nice and loose for League One. But Championship is now like a quality league. We don't want to deal with any crazy rules, so we're going to cut that off in this league alone. So make you know, make your decision. Do you want to loan your guys for a full year or for six months at a time? No takebacks um, for championship, or do you want to send them to lesser competition and let them, you know pull them up whenever you want? I think that would be something. Hopefully, we see in the future. I'll take that, um, and and I'm hoping you're right on that. I'm hoping that. The this rebranding and I mean when you're going to name your your top league the championship, uh, I expect uh, you know the best of the best. I mean I know MLS is still the the king of uh, I guess the soccer level in the U.S. But cream of the crop would have been the easiest. <laughs> the champions <laughs> of all the ships. 
There you go. Dylan, you're supposed to tweet out whenever I make those mistakes, right? Or our listeners are supposed to. <laughs> right, hold on. <laughs> but uh, let's do this. Before we get into to a little bit more, let's, uh, I'm going to pull us back to Orange County, St. Louis really quick. Let's just come through some with some predictions. Um, I'm going to ask all of us, even if you're a guest that maybe uh, doesn't follow either of these two teams too well, I want just to sort of get your idea, what your thoughts, maybe as an outsider. Uh, let's start off with our opponent guest here, which is Phil. Uh, what are your predictions as far as a score and maybe who is the key player uh, that's going to have the big impact in the match for uh, the match this Saturday? Um, okay, so I'm going to use, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer and I'm going to use, um, you know, what happened so far this season when, when these teams faced each other. So I'm going to say a 1-1 draw and then St. Louis wins on penalties. And then um, I think... I think, man, man of the, you know, the guy to watch out for, I think we're just, unless Greg or Wallfall come back for this game, I think we're just going to have to say, you know, Sean Reynolds or one of our back four guys is going to be a key component to this, to this game. All right, let's uh, move on to Carson. Carson, what are your thoughts uh, on the final score of the match and the key player? Yeah, a couple of quick thoughts going through as I was writing the preview for the website today, the obviously the two draws is not something as an Orange County fan I would feel too confident about. Um, and then also, I know Phil mentioned it, and then even watching St. Louis play, they're a really physical team, and they have a really great goalkeeper, which when you get in the playoffs, they always say defense wins championships, which sometimes it does in soccer, sometimes it doesn't. But um, those things combined, the fact that they didn't do well against them this season, and they play kind of a you know, grind it out. They have a good goalkeeper. It could be interesting. I would say maybe, I think honestly it might be 1-0 Orange County, but I don't, I'll be shocked if it's high scoring, which means it will 100% be high scoring. But I would, I think maybe a set piece, maybe a corner kick, you know, into a goal somehow, but it should be an interesting one. And then also, as I was remembering back, then also looking back, the last time Orange County was in the playoffs, they were the eight seed and upset Sacramento was the one seed. So, you know, turnabout's fair play. So it, it could be interesting. Look at Carson bringing up the curse of the first seed in the West. Um, it's always really cool quick. when you're the eight seed and beat the one seed. <laughs> it's not cool when you're the one seed and lose the eight seed. Definitely. Um, really quick. Uh, let's uh, check from the outsider point of view really quick on Scotty. Uh, Scotty, what are your thoughts? Again, prediction on the score, key player of the match for either team. So uh, before I get into it, let me say quickly, uh, congratulations to Phil on making the playoffs for the very first time. Uh, that's pretty, that's pretty that's awesome. Uh, yeah. And, uh, also, uh, let me say to, uh, to Ray and Dylan that going from the seventh seed in the West to the one seed in the West is, uh, indicative of a remarkable season. So, uh, congratulations to you guys. And uh, Carson, just uh, having a team in Las Vegas, congratulations on all of that. Uh, like these guys have uh, <laughs> mentioned, uh, you know, we, we can't look at prior results. Um, we talked a little bit about Orange County and what kind of matchup this was, getting St. Louis. Is that the team that they wanted? If we look at it from the other point of view, St. Louis is really okay with Orange County because they're looking at their results so far and saying, okay, well, we drew them 1-1 and really St. in the first game, St. Louis scored both of the goals in that, in that game. Uh, the own goal in the 78th and then Lewis Hilton equalized, saved the game in the 82nd. And then 
you know, the 3-3 three, three, uh, barn burner in the second game. So they're really probably okay with Orange County. Um, and so then I had to look at, well, is there anything that tips the scales either way? Well, it's the first playoff game ever for St. Louis. Does that give them extra motivation? Of course it does. But you're also looking at being without Wallfall and Kyle Gregg. Well, that kind of balances things out. So then I looked at the recent form of these two teams. And I'll get to a prediction in a minute, I promise. Um, you had, uh, going all the way back to September 8th, you're looking at that incredible five-game winning streak for Orange County. The home win against Reno. Uh, the... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Going against the it was uh, OKC Energy, two goals in the last two minutes. Aiden Quinn in the 94th and Noah Powder in the 95th, and that really started an incredible streak for them. Went on the road to Fresno again. Noah Powder late in the game. Played Salt Lake Reserves, three goals in the last 15 minutes. Went on the road. It was Aiden Quinn again in Las Vegas. We mentioned the Aiden Quinn penalty in the 94th against Seattle Reserves. And so in that five-game winning streak, there was a lot of late-game drama. And it was really, really uh, cool to see. So I decided to go with late-game drama again. And then I had to ask myself, which of these two teams has a podcast that invited me to be a guest? And so... I love that. I love that uh, that criteria. Uh, yeah. So you know. Oops. So Oops. so here's what I did. Here's what. Give me this. Give me this. Give me Corey Herzog in the 14th minute and an 80 minute lead for St. Louis. Then in the 94th minute, Aiden Quinn levels, and in the 95th minute, former Burnley and Millwall man Richard Chaplo recreates re recreates March the 25th 2015 Ipswich Town versus Watford when he scored the stoppage time winner 2-1 Orange County wow this kills the fan I would probably have a heart attack in this situation um, <laughs> like what the last five something games for us have been these late wins really ever since uh, Oklahoma City uh, Fresno was a late goal by Powder, and then the Salt Lake match, which was a little bit over by 90 minutes. But, like, oh, my God, I've hugged so many strangers, and I've hugged Ray, <laughs> and it's the, the amount of stress. I like I don't go to bed until midnight because I'm freaking out about what just happened. Scotty, that's a really good shout, though, man, um, because St. <laughs> Louis does have a way to um, – they have a way of letting up late goals like that and losing games just last minute – Blink your eyes, you make a tiny mistake, and that's it. It's happened a lot this season, so it very well could could happen in the, in this game coming up. And by the way, Phil, you uh, you forgot to invite Scotty onto your podcast, so that's just some more good luck, I guess, for Orange County there. So I'll take it. <laughs> well, now I don't regret it. That was that was too good. He's gonna make me look bad every time he comes on my podcast. Really? <laughs> and you didn't come and say hi? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Oh, he's got the, he's got the fleece I or whatever that, that is. I just that thing out. It finally got cold <laughs> enough here, and I put it on my bed. And uh, it was the night after we it was Saturday night. It was the night we clinched number one after the Phoenix match, and I just. One of, one of the amazing giveaways, you know, give away a blanket, give away a beanie in good old Southern California where, what? A month out of the year, top. 60-something is the coldest it gets. I mean, I know it gets well, in the 50s every once in a while. But. If you're out early or out late, it does cool off. It can get down in the 40s, um, which everyone else once in the country in a while. is like, <laughs> 40 degrees, that's See, shorts weather. It, it, it's funny because we complain about hot weather, and then we got like people like Carson and Dominic over in Phoenix with the Rising is One podcast just making fun of us for complaining about 88 degrees or 92 degrees or something or I guess it was 99. It, it hit like 115 this summer. And then... And then we got, you know, 42 degrees or 45 degrees is cold for us. We're like dressed up in like three bundles of clothes and jackets and whatnot. And people in Minnesota are cracking up at us as well, so... Hey, uh, uh, can, can any of you guys name the, the what was unusual about the first goal in the second match between these two teams. July 21st. July. <laughs> I didn't know Finals. we were getting we were getting quizzed on these matches hey, by I'm telling Scotty. you there, there's something very unusual about the first goal. All right, uh, does it have anything to do with Mats Bierman scoring it? No. Has he played for St. Louis there before? No, uh-uh. He hasn't scored against us, I don't think. No, he scored in that match. He scored the uh, first one. Oh. That's why I was thinking it was him, but apparently it's something else, so Hmm. Um, I don't know. What what is it, Scott? It's a. Uh, it was the the long throw in. It was just a straight throw in yeah. from the side. Oh, that was the from, uh, to hurts up. Uh, yep. Contour yes. I'll get his name right. I'm so from, sorry. Uh, it's, it was OC uh, OCSC goal. I think Berman is that his oh, name? Okay. He's the one that got got his head on it or mm-hmm. body on it or whatever. It was actually think... that was that goal was one of the nominees for assist of the year. I had to actually go look up my my rule book. I was pretty certain it counts as an assist, but you know sometimes yeah, I've I've followed the NBA for my whole life, and sometimes weird rules when it's like an inbounds play, they won't count as something or whatever. So I had to make sure that a throw in like that can be an assist, and lo and behold, it was. So that became one of our nominees for assist of the year. Um, so yeah, no, that's an awesome uh, little tidbit there, Scotty. Uh, I think Dylan and I still have not predicted the the final score and the key player of the match. So, Dylan, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I think after five or six consecutive weeks now of expecting a clean sheet, I'm just going to be realistic. I don't think it's going to happen. 2-1 Orange County. And who's the, the key player? Michael Seaton. I know that the bias, oh, Michael Seaton, blah, blah, blah. Dylan likes Michael Seaton. Yeah, I mean, obviously I like Michael Seaton. Um, but he's had a... Kind of quiet last few weeks. Um, since, he should have scored against Reno. Yeah, really since the Vegas match, he's had a little bit of a, a quieter time. So I'm expecting a nice big comeback from him, and hopefully he puts both. As really as long as Orange County scores, I don't care. <laughs> as long as they score more goals than yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, as long Louis, as they win, care. I don't really care who scores. It can be uh, Nicolas Zarmones or whatever his name is. Whatever his name is, yeah. Um I'm going to go 3-2 Orange County. Uh, I am hoping I'm correct there. I've been on a pretty bad streak of picking matches recently, so hopefully that's the correct sort of result and score. I'm going to – my my key player of the match, Thomas Ennevoldson, 
Uh, the reason I'm going to pick him is that's like one of the most intense players on the pitch that I've seen as a soccer fan. He just, if things don't go the right way, dude, don't be near Thomas Innovoldson because he's going to probably rip your head off, uh, you know, whatever else he'll do out there. He's 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 intense, man. Uh, so hopefully, uh, and also I just have to go with, you know, we've talked about it. I, th- I think on the, the ESPN Plus broadcast of the last match against Reno, the broadcasters talking about it that there's like 10 players on the roster that have top flight experience around the world, meaning they've played at basically the top level at, in some country around the world, whether it's uh, uh, Denmark, New England, MLS. Uh, and by the way, Thomas Envoltson has played in the World Cup before. So, I mean, or he's been on a roster. I don't know if he actually made the pitch in the World Cup. So, um, so I think... Going back through it, I think most of us picked Orange County, which then, you know, just sort of going off of uh, karma probably means something else. Hopefully not. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So uh, let's do this. Let's uh, just take a few minutes here and let's just talk about some random USL stuff. One of the big news things that uh, was announced on Wednesday was that Orange County has inked a an extension with head coach Braden Cloutier. Uh, he's had an amazing season. I know, uh, I forget who it was that mentioned just sort of that uh, the system that he's brought into Orange County has been a big part of their success this season. I'm definitely excited to see that he's returning or he'll, he will be returning uh, here over the next uh, season or two. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, how experienced or how knowledgeable you guys are all with uh, Braden Cloutier, but he's been pretty amazing for Orange County this year. What are your thoughts, Dylan? I mean, we went from a team that really never attacked to a team that openly attacks and plays something that's expansive and exciting, and it's nice to watch a match where we'll win a match 5-3 as opposed to um, maybe winning a match 1-0 or, or 2-0. Um, so that's it's good for the, the product on the field and getting people into the seats, but also, I mean, we've been... We've never been this good. Sure, we've been first before in the past, but never with this amount of points. Granted, they play a few more matches now, but the, the quality of the team has been better and the quality of the play has been better. And um, I want to have like three players scoring in double digits for the season. So, I mean, because I think Seton, Quinn, and Envoltson have all scored in double digits. So, I mean. Correct, yeah. So, um, giving him a few more years and, and finding more players that will fit into that system, um, it's... It's a nice change. Um, I'm really excited for what the future brings, and if this year's any indication, then you know I'm glad I was around to say I was. I was around when the team wasn't as good. I got to I got to be there for when they got really good. You know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. As an outsider, any of you guys uh, that are our guests here, do you have any thoughts on Orange County bringing or at least uh, signing uh, Coach Cloutier to a, uh, a a new deal and bringing him back? Yeah, I, honestly, you go with the quality of the team, the quality of the, I guess, style of soccer. And then even just on the basis of, you know, continuity, you have somebody that's going to be there in the USL sports in general, obviously, but USL, you see, was it Swope Park has, you know, three coaches in three years, RGV, same thing, three coaches in three years. So uh, just to have somebody, obviously a quality coach, somebody who's going to be there, you know, from this year to next year, you know what you're going to see, style-wise for the most part obviously there'll be tweaks but uh, no, i know i would be excited if i was an orange county fanny you know broke the record for points and wins and you know you're the one seed so it's 
uh, to keep him around for a while is, is definitely a big thing. What about yeah, you, Phil? Yeah, yeah. The he's nail him down while you can because you don't see someone turn a team around like this with this big of a change and have them succeed to this great of an extent um, without him getting looks from other teams. You know what I mean? So. Uh, this coach has a huge future ahead of him and you know like everyone else has said you have to say you respect the style of play because it's not even necessarily easy to, to win this way in the USL in my opinion I feel like it's it's really hard and then on top of that um, he builds the, his team building is incredibly good because you know we we saw the midfield was the first kind of thing you guys pieced to get together at the, in the preseason and we started seeing these names emerge and we're like, whoa, like I wasn't watching OC, but I'm looking at these names versus what everyone else has on their team. And and um, they're one of the better looking teams out there, but it's OC. They never seem to really emerge. So we didn't think much of it. But now look at you. You know, I mean, a lot of props to this guy. And I don't think you're going to get him much longer than that contract lasts, in my opinion. I think that's pretty fair. Um, kind of. Uh, wanted goods at this point, so I'm glad that he's tied down. So at least if some higher division team wants to poach him, they'll definitely. I'm sure there's some compensation money that'll end up coming our way, and we can hopefully find someone that can do something similar. But um, this is in no way related to reality at all. But uh, I've been playing football manager uh, 2018 because that's what you do when you have a bunch of time in between classes and can't go home from school. So uh, I've been playing a USL save. And rather than actually do any of the coaching myself, um, I just set my player to go on vacation and Braden Cloutier is the assistant coach and runs that team superbly. So, uh, you know, if the simulation <laughs> can provide that it, it works out, then obviously it can happen in reality too. So even so virtual funny. Braden Cloutier is an amazing coach. That's awesome to hear. Uh, what about you, Scotty? What do you think? Uh, well, if you take a look at when NASL was the second division in this country, the coaches that were successful in that league ended up in bigger jobs, right? So you got Gio Savarese, he's now the head coach of the Portland Timbers. Um, you got Mark Dos Santos, who is now the assistant coach at LAFC. There have been rumors swirling about him taking, the, uh, taking over the reins of uh, a couple of different MLS teams uh, this offseason. So in the second division, when a coach has success, as is the case here, uh, it's not going unnoticed. Um, so this is absolutely the right thing, and I think a very uh, fortunate thing for Orange County to go ahead and, and lock him up. And uh, I can't help but think that he will have a job in the top division in the future. Uh, but for now, you know, ride this for, for all it's worth. And, uh, you know, just, you know, Las Vegas, Carson, you know, if, if Wynalda doesn't work out, stay away from Cloutier because we, we want to, we want to keep him here in Orange County as long as we can. Uh, you know, the announcement again was made today, uh, general manager or, or what is it? An ex executive vice president, Oliver Weiss stated, Braden is a proven winner who leads by example and his, or with his hard work and dedication to the club and its players. He's established a championship mentality in the locker room and we are excited to see him build on the momentum he has established with this year's historic season, including winning the regular season Western Conference. Braden is fully aligned with the goals of the organization to compete at a championship level while developing young talents that our fans and the entire Southern California soccer community are excited about. So amazing thing, uh, you know, Orange County, again, is sort of 13th or 14th level as far as sports teams in Southern California, or at least 
activities to do in Southern California. So uh, it's good to see that the front office is committed to keeping a quality coach on board. Uh, like uh, I think Phil was stating, you know, when these names were coming over to Orange County in the offseason, some good names coming through. Maybe just you weren't paying attention to it at first because, you know, any team can bring one or two names in and, you know, it might be better, but, you know, one or two names isn't going to change something. Whereas if you're bringing in three or four or five quality names in there, and then the fact that they kept doing it throughout the season too with uh, Kevin Alston and and other players like that, it, it was just an amazing thing. So glad to see the commitment from not just the club, the ownership, uh, but, you know, that the you know Coach Cloutier was, uh, you know, excited to stay on board with the team uh, and help, you know, continue this this great building of soccer uh, in, in professional soccer in in orange county i, I know at least the uh, us fans are excited about it the fans of the team so yeah if someone's going to build professional soccer in uh, southern california you know it's not going to be los dos <laughs> los dos an amazing team not yeah they're amazing for picking up three points that's about <laughs> it there you go they got great players that they're going to lose to other teams because they don't actually use them in their own uh, senior team. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. They exist, and then they kind of feed the rest of the country, it seems like, or at least the West Coast. And now the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's uh, let's do uh, one last little thing here, and then we can get into sort of our random thought at the end of each episode that we like to do. I, I want to get an idea from each of you who are or who your maybe your prediction is for the USL Cup Final, uh, who do you think will come out of the West, the East, and then who do you think ultimately will win everything? Uh, we'll start it this way. Let's go ahead and start with Scotty, who doesn't really have a team in this year's USL Cup, but maybe in the future he will. Uh, who are your thoughts as far as uh, who's coming out of the West, who's coming out of the East, and who's going to win the whole thing? Well, it's it's all about Cincinnati in the East. I mean, it really is. They they haven't lost uh, since, since May, which is ridiculous. Um, but they're playing every game at home, and it really is kind of a different animal at home. <clears throat> they went they went on the road this last week, and in in uh, a, a bit of irony, they played the team that they're going to be playing in the first round. It was a three three draw. It was thrilling all the way to the end. Uh, they played against Nashville. We have you know a, a kind of a city rivalry, Memphis versus Nashville. So um, you know. We turned the game on thinking that Cincinnati was going to smoke them. Nashville hung in there uh, really all the way until the end. It was a fantastic uh, match. It was, it was thrilling and exciting. And it seems like uh, Cincinnati has actually, well, uh, if you haven't paid attention to the East, the top four teams have been set forever. Those are the same four teams that have been at the top all season. But spots five through eight there have been really been a lot of uh, back and forth, and the slots have uh, have kind of they're just kind of like jumping here. Okay, this team that now was in seventh is now in fifth, and stuff like that. So Nashville comes in and settles into the eighth spot. They're happy to make the playoffs, obviously, and as fate would have it, they are the team that seems to give Cincinnati the most trouble. Um, but Cincinnati's a little Nashville. bit... Go Nashville. Nashville, yeah. Nashville is the team that gives Cincinnati the most trouble. But uh, Cincinnati's at home. And that, that does make a huge difference. They're very, very, very good at home. Um, you know, they're 11 points clear of everybody at the top of uh, the table. And they're going to be playing at home throughout the playoffs. So 
you know, give me Cincinnati in the uh, in the USL Cup final. If you had asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have said Phoenix on the other side. Um, but now I'm, you know, honestly, I think you guys have got just as much of a shot of any as anybody. Um, ironically, again, this first round matchup is one that could be tough. Uh, for you, but uh, I'll take the top two seeds. Give me, uh, I know it's, you know, not that, uh, not that difficult of a pick, but give me Cincinnati and Orange County in the finals. All right. Uh, let's go to Carson. Carson, what are your thoughts? Since you don't have a team in the playoffs, uh, as far as at least the local team. Burn. Oh. Uh, <laughs> who do you think is going to come out of the East, the West, and uh, what do you think? I'm I'm gonna one thousand percent agree with Scotty on the East. I think Cincy, they're just that. There's good. There's you know the Pittsburgh. They're they're really good, and then there's Cincinnati right now. So uh, I would be shocked if they lost. But um, in the West, I'm actually gonna go with Real Monarchs. Um, they were in first a good majority of the season, then completely fell off a cliff. But um, as far as overall talent, I think they might be the most talented team in the West. Um, so I'm going to lean towards Real Monarchs and Cincy in the final with Cincy winning it. All right. Uh, let's go to Phil. Phil, what are your thoughts? Uh, playoffs, who's coming out of the East, the West? What are you thinking? Uh I do agree with these guys again, honestly, but um, I'll give you some backups in case those don't work out just to be a little different is if, if those two are not the, the two there, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing Phoenix pop up there um, because of what they can do. And then I wouldn't mind seeing Pittsburgh make it, make it all the way because, you know, as Carson mentioned, defense does win titles quite often. And uh, Lily's got the top defense and he's actually scoring this year a little more than in, in years past even. So, um, yeah, those two teams would be cool as, as a backup if, if the first two get knocked out somehow. Uh, Las Vegas exposed uh, Phoenix, by the way, and they really haven't been the same team since. I don't know. I They're really mad at refs right now, and I think that's maybe a little bit of it, but um, they're a little hurt too. I mean, I don't know if you saw that um, Cortez and – Asante are both they've both got both got knocks in the last couple of games and that's super worrisome because without without both of those guys they're going to have trouble without one okay maybe they can still do it but without both against a team like Cincinnati or the Riverhounds you know like I don't even know if they're going to make it to the final without them so that's something to watch yeah they come they come in licking their wounds and that's not the way you want to go into the playoffs yep it, and exactly like Phil like both you said honestly Scotty and Phil you don't want to enter the playoffs injured, and you also don't want to be focused on the refs. You know, we all played sports when we were kids, and you were always mad at the ref. You blamed the ref when you were leaving the game. You blamed the ref during the game, and then you know your parents were like, True. no, it wasn't the ref's fault. And then as an adult now, like playing in a rec soccer league two years ago and people are yelling at the ref, I'm like, yo, like it's not the ref's fault, man. You just missed the shot. So. Um, it, it takes some of your energy from focusing on the game to focusing on somebody who's not playing in the game. So, uh, yeah, I, w- I would agree. And Cortez actually got hurt early in that Vegas match, which he was like the one star, I guess, that was playing in that one and got hurt. So uh, maybe they were right to rest as many people as they did. All right, Dylan, let's go over to you. What are your thoughts uh, for the West, the East, and sort of a prediction, I guess, winner? Um, I'm going to go with the Louisville-Orange County final. 
Um, obviously, some of the home bias shows up there. Uh, I am legitimately terrified of the playoffs. Um, well, and you don't want to travel to Cincinnati either. That too. I, I honestly don't know if... Um, I think Cincinnati's kind of due for a little bit of a a shake um, and maybe not uh, as a commanding of performances they've really had all season long. And it's the playoffs. So again, one and done. And uh, I think teams, especially a team like Nashville right now, they're going to be looking to pounce on any opportunity they can, uh, any misplayed pass or something like that, and and really make the difference there and punish them for a mistake. So um, I think Louisville will kind of be the 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 escapee of, of some of that chaos. Um, and then I think Orange County probably has the, the quality, or I know Orange County has the quality to see through to the, to the Western Conference final and, and see through the final as well. Um, I would say it's still probably going to be a Phoenix, Orange County, Western Conference final to me. But again, these guys are hurt. They've had some issues with refs. Um, it's it's tough to say what would happen in that match. I think it would be a really close match. Um, and, and thankfully, it would be home for Orange County. And so I think that would actually give them the, the advantage there. All right. Uh, you know, I, I'm surprised this team hasn't uh, sort of gotten any thoughts in this talk here or in this discussion here at least for the western conference sacramento sacramento is the one that scares me the most in the playoffs i forget who was who it was on twitter recently that stated that's like the uh sort of the low-key uh you know i guess team to come out of the the west western conference is you know they've just sort of been hanging out and no one's really talking about them and yet they're now in second place they got the second seed uh, they've been a great team all season. It's it's nothing, you know. It's just one of those seasons where people are overlooking them because the quality of Orange County, the way Phoenix has played all season, been up there. Real Monarchs were like in first place for what seventy five percent of the season in the West Western Conference. Uh, so you know, I'm hoping Orange County comes out of it. That's the team that scares me as far as uh, trying to get out of the Western Conference is Sacramento. But I think Orange County can do it. I have to say that it's the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. I mean, I think I get. I don't think you have to say it. I think uh, I think uh, the 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 fans over there in the Caroline Coalition would have uh, a little bit something to say to me at the next match if I, I think pick only someone one else. One of them listens. Hi, Andy. <laughs> hey, um, Andy. Um, but yeah, no, I'm scared of Sacramento. I don't uh, know if they have the attacking power to really. I'm still scared through. of them. I know they take a lot of shots. Uh, uh, I believe it's Cameron Awasa t- had t- took something close to 100 shots this season, um, but they don't score a lot. Their their attacking quality is substantially uh, lower than their. Um, defensive qualities so even though they kind of did sneak by and hung out like around third place for seemingly the entire season um i think they are they're missing that top little end that gives them the edge in the playoffs to to get all the way what do you think phil do i have a am i right to be scared of sacramento uh heading into the playoffs here well i would just say like they've been one of the more consistent teams all season there's not like been a stretch where they've really like a long stretch where they really dropped off i think they're steady and if they face the right people and they play at home a lot especially I think they have a very good chance I think you're right in that way but um, one thing that worries me is that Pony who is a sac- he lives in Sacramento and is on the USL show uh, granted he absolutely loves a good defense and um, he um, consistently underrates his own team um, he's worried about the defense in Sacramento actually and um, I think he has decent eyes for that especially on defense and so I kind of took his word for it on that, so I thought I'd just kind of express that, that that's his only worry. He thinks someone might get past them for that reason. So. 
I'm glad you mentioned Pony because I promised on Twitter that I would. Uh, he posed a question, which was a very good one. Uh, would you take um, Orange County minus one in this game odds? If you were, you know, the odds. If you were a gambling man, and some of you might be, would you uh, would you take uh, Orange County um, with a minus one or St. Louis plus one at even money? And uh, I got to tell you, and some of you have mentioned this in your predictions, uh, I think that's a push. I really do. So, that's exactly uh, how I feel, too. Yeah. I, I would, uh, l- like Monty Python, run away. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think all of our predictions sort of led to, to that thought. I mean, I think everyone had like a 1-0, or I, I know, uh, Phil, you were saying it's going to go into penalties. So I guess Phil would, would win the bet if his prediction comes true. But... Uh, uh, for the rest of us, I think we're all right there where it would be a push. So uh, I guess that answers sort of the question that was posed there on Twitter is, I guess, I don't know. I, I'm not a betting person. I, I Yeah, pretty much no one would take it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, is Can you bet on the push? I, I, you know, can you, I don't think you can. So I, I, I've never bet on sports, so I don't know. Carson, I know you're in Vegas. You probably can bet on anything. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of that, how that would work with, I'm thinking I would take St. Louis getting getting a goal because that would mean if they lose by one goal, you still win. Yeah. Well, so I would go with that. I think if they lose by one goal, though, wouldn't it be a push, right? N- yeah, that's why I don't understand the <laughs> plus one and then minus one. That you'd have to have a, like you'd have to have like flip flop. You'd have to have like a plus point plus half or a minus half to make it work. I guess I don't know betting. Yeah, my brain's not working, but I, I think I would. I think I would take St. Louis plus one. I think Pony knows the answer to this most likely, so we'll maybe we'll wait and see if he has an answer yeah, for maybe us on Twitter. He's going to tweet out. Uh... It's a riddle for sure. <laughs> oh, or he asked an unanswerable question. That's quite possible too. That, that could be exactly <laughs> what he he probably posed that question just waiting to hear us talk about it. So we would sit here like scratching our head for like five minutes trying to figure out how to answer that correctly. Uh, and we're all like, yeah, um, I don't get it. And I, you know, again, I don't know what if, if Memphis has gambling. I know we have gambling like the Indian casinos, but that's there's nothing near Orange County. Uh, okay, so, so, so. Mississippi <laughs> just passed uh, sports gambling. So oh, uh, the uh, the way it works is Tunica, Mississippi, is the uh, <laughs> was was created to be. It, it's only ten. 15 miles from Memphis, whatever. Uh, but it's uh, it was kind of created to be Las Vegas East, or I guess Atlantic City is Las Vegas East, so we're like Las Vegas in the central portion of the country. And so uh, sports gambling just became uh, legal there, and then uh, we got right across the river, uh, Southland Greyhound Park. So, look, people are going to, you know, people have been on this for years. Now it's legal to do so. Go betting. Um, I never. Uh, oh, I got to finish picking. Who who's going to come out of the East? I, I'm going to go. I don't want to say Cincinnati, so I'm going to pick Pittsburgh uh, as my team out of the East. Uh, I just don't want Cincinnati because I'd prefer to be a home match in Orange County, so I can go to it. Because I definitely cannot travel uh, to Cincinnati um, or pretty much. If you're picking a Bob Lilly, if you're picking a Bob Lilly team, it's got to be a one nil score line, right? Sure. For Pittsburgh, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's what they always do. So it's it, one one nil for Pittsburgh is is par for the course. Well, it, but in the final, it'll be OC winning. So 
Uh, I don't. Oh yeah, I'm talking about against. I'm sorry, against <laughs> Cincinnati. Against Cincinnati. That's oh, yeah, the way I'll they're gonna. That's the way they're gonna take Cincinnati out as one nil. There we go. Yes. Uh, so I don't think is, is so. We got into the pony, I guess, riddle or trick question or whatever we want to call that. There. Um, thank you, Scotty, for for reminding us to to discuss that a little bit there. Uh, I don't know now. This is the point because we've gone a little bit of time here, so uh, it's probably time to start wrapping things up. Um, let's get to a little bit of a, a part of the show here where we like to just sort of throw out random things. It could be anything soccer-related or non-soccer-related. Uh, and then what I'll do is I'll give each of you a chance to sort of uh, plug your podcast slash website slash social media, whatever you want to let our listeners know about. Let's go and start off with Scotty since it sounds like you're ready. Uh, give us a, a random thing to, to end the show with. If you haven't read The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, um, that's a fantastic read. You'll be highly entertained if you're into, you know, books and things. Um, and uh, I want to just say that uh, it's been great getting to know the USL this year. Uh, if, if you can go to the Twitters, as it were, look up 901 Soccer Pod. We do a USL Quick Strike every week, and we'll be putting that out tomorrow with a little bit of a playoff preview. Our goal is but between five and ten minutes so if you don't have the time to listen to a full hour and a half podcast between five and ten minutes of your time your drive to work your drive home whatever you can just kind of get like a little summary of what's going on in usl for the week do people actually only do like a five or ten minute drive to home or work i mean i work rare (laughs) it's very rare i I work like less than 10 miles from my work and it still will take me like a half hour to 45 minutes uh at the end of the day to get home so but that's southern california we have traffic everywhere i was gonna say that sounds like a california problem (laughs) yeah i mean six and a half million people living in not enough space for six and a half million people all right let's go over to phil phil uh give us a random thought oh man um random thought the weather's been really good in st louis and it probably feels like oc feels all year round so Bring on the fall and bring on playoff soccer. I'm really excited for this. Awesome. Uh, and do you want to go ahead and let our listeners know if they want to hear more from you, uh, either on a podcast, website, uh, social media, where can they uh, hear more from you? Oh, sorry about that. Uh, Phil Grooms is uh, two L's, two O's, and Phil Grooms on Twitter. And All right. And look at that. He didn't even want to mention the USL show. It's a great show to listen to. Um, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get in trouble. Why did you not plug the USL show on, on that? No, I'm joking. Uh, Carson, how about you? Random thought, and where can our listeners uh, hear more from you? I would say one minor random thought is the USL show is a dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my random thought as, as I'm sitting here is not soccer related. It's that the Astros were stealing signs against the Indians and then also tried against the Red Sox. So um, there's that. But um, no, yeah, man, speaking of a five-minute podcast, running through everywhere you can find me might do that. Um, NewcastleTunes.com, USLNews.com, which is BGN written, which, you know, Phil and all the guys, you know, help out and chime in. Um, The other football podcast, Las Vegas Soccer Betting Hour, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Dynamo Theory. So you can OrangeCountySoccer.com. I'm hard to miss. Yeah, OrangeCountySoccer.com. My preview will probably be up tomorrow or Friday for the playoff match. And 
Um, financially, I'm hoping they continue to win. But uh, yeah, you, I'm, I'm hard to miss on the internet. And go Cavs. Go Cavs? It's like see, like basketball Cavs? Oh, yeah. I, I remember you. On the lower you're, body, yeah. right above the gastronomius. That's calf, right? Oh. Well, if you have two. Nice. No, you yeah. Have I'm, two I'm, I'm an Akron native. I have to go to no, Cavs, I, man, I, and the Indians. I remember right after I said and that. Browns. Right after I said that, I remembered you're, you're an, uh, an Ohio guy. Um, <laughs> uh, random thought from you, Dylan. Okay. Um, well, we've had... Uh, sports other than soccer mentioned, so I'll shout out with uh, Luton Town for for having some good results over there in Football League One. Um, for a book recommendation, Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Um, thanks, Scott, for that recommendation. Also, go Red Sox. Um, it's currently 8-6, bottom of the ninth. Uh, Houston has their ring. They don't need another one. And uh, Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball. Don't at me, Angels fans. Mike Trout isn't. Damn. Mic drop. <laughs> I guess I can't. I'm speechless now. A. Uh, so let's go. Random thought here. The Astros still should be in the National League. They don't belong in the American League to begin with. Uh, and you know, since Carson had to throw out basketball, and no one say anything right now because I'm taking time to talk to you guys instead of watching opening day of basketball for my team. Uh, so do not say anything. Uh, and people are going to start tweeting me, I guess. But go Clippers. Uh, lifelong Clipper fan since the 80s, so it is what it is. Uh, so I think that's it, the man. This has probably been our longest episode we've gone, but it's it's been an amazing episode. It's one of those things when you have multiple guests, it's going to go a little bit longer because everyone's got some great stuff to say. Uh, before we conclude this, I want to thank all of our guests. I want to thank Phil Grooms for joining us uh, to help us discuss the match coming up this weekend against St. Louis FC. Go Orange County. Uh, also want to thank Carson Mark for returning to our podcast to go and help us discuss some of this information. And also uh, thanks to Las Vegas Lights FC for beating Phoenix and helping Orange County uh, keep the or take the first place in the Western Conference. Thanks to Scotty Smith from the, is it the 901, right, Scotty? 901 Soccer Pod for joining us for a little bit of an outsider voice on what's going on in not just the USL, but just sort of help share his thoughts of what he's seeing, not just for Orange County, but for USL in general. As always, Dylan, part of Countline Coalition, he's supporting the team out there, losing his voice each and every match. That's a home match, at least. Some away matches as well. And, you know, Remind everyone, I, I forgot, I know we've mentioned it a couple times, but remember that our podcast is part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm. Uh, follow them on Twitter, at the BGNFM, to find not just our podcast, but a bunch of podcasts, including the Las Vegas Soccer Betting Hour, STL Soccer Report, USL Show, a bunch of other stuff out there. Uh, they also have a bunch of written stuff that you can read now. Uh, for those of you that like to read stuff, apparently people like to read, because we've had two book recommendations going on here. Uh, I haven't read a book in forever. Whatever. Um, and uh, for those of you that are listening to the podcast that have been listening since day one, thanks for coming back each and every episode. We appreciate it. Dylan and I uh, you know, work hard to provide you some entertainment about Orange County Soccer Club each and every week. So thanks for uh, supporting us. For those of you that are listening for the first time, maybe you came on because of one of our guests. Uh, if you're interested in hearing what we've talked about, sometimes we reference old episodes you can check us out uh, at our website, orangeandblacksoccercast.com. If that's a little bit too long for you to write, you, we've, we've shortened it a little bit. For those of you that don't want to type all that, you can just type in ocscpodcast.com. That'll get you there to our website, website as well. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. 
Uh, and I think that covers just about everything in there. So for all of our guests, for Dylan and for Orange County Soccer Club, go County. Hopefully you guys can win in the playoffs here in this next match. Uh, I'm Ray, and we are, I think we're out, right? Are we out? We're out. We're out. All right, let's do this. Orange County, you are my team until the day I die. Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. The Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.